Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and sports editor, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is photo editor, Estin Parker, and staff writer, Kevin Garcia. Hello, guys. Uh, how's it been going today? It's going great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Yeah, we got a pretty good episode for us today. As, uh, but for to start off, uh, we'll have to start off with a down for today, uh, especially with FU football, as they went to uh, Norfolk, Virginia on Saturday, November 13, and they lost 30-16 to 16 to the Old Dominion Monarchs, which involved three safeties allowed from the Owls' end. Guys, um, what do you think went down in this game that just couldn't allow FU to get into rhythm? Well, I think the the passing game struggled. I would say that's the really a biggest weakness, and we've been saying this for weeks. And you know, we have the news now that Heinz Ward is going to be taking over as receiving coach. So I, I'm curious to see how that affect what what effect that change will have on us, especially in the passing game. Like Heinz Ward is a seasoned veteran; he's an NFL great. He's going to work with these guys, and hopefully, he can unlock something that we haven't seen yet throughout the first um, number of weeks in the season. <clears throat> the, the rushing game is on point, you know, and Kosi Perry, when he does, when he's able to find space, he is efficient with his passes, but there were also some big drops too that I noticed. But I mean, when you have a score of four to three going into the second half, that's just, it's ugly on both sides. But I mean, the, the old Dominion was able to put it together. They were able to put up points and we weren't point blank. But yeah, Kevin, that that four three score was beautiful score, Gami. I wish the scores stay like stay like that, uh, as long as FU was on the winning side of things. <laughs> right. But yeah, Aston, what did you think of FU's performance? Um, I mean, kind of going well, really going off of what Kevin said. Um, the biggest thing for me is the receivers got to catch the ball. It, it's yeah. as simple as that. They've been. There's been a lot of drop passes all season, which I feel like it's a fixable issue. Um, and I mean, Perry's putting him in the right places. He, you know, he he still didn't throw an interception, um, which he's done a really good job of protecting the ball. So at least in that regard, you know, we haven't had to worry about that. Thankfully, our running game looked really strong again. Um, but yeah, I I think. The biggest thing I'm looking forward to with Heinz Ward becoming our wide receiver coach is can he can he help eliminate the drops our receivers our receivers have been having all season? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been pretty rough for receiving end, and they're making the change now with Avoy uh, Taggart replacing Joey Thomas to put uh, Heinz Ward in that position. So it's pretty clear that they're trying to address an issue that has been annoying them all season. And with two games remaining and their chances of a bowl game still in reach and the decision makes sense, but hopefully it works out for them. And throughout the game, Nicosi Perry threw 12 for 21 for 187 yards and a passing touchdown. And uh, Johnny Ford, best performer on the rushing end, as always, ran for 101 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries. And then you have Brandon Robinson at the receiving end with a, a 59-yard receiving touchdown. So 
it's there are bright spots on FE's team. And what matters is that they have to score more and be more consistent on the defensive end. And um, the next game is on the road again uh, on Saturday, November 20 in Bowling Green, Kentucky. They will have to see Big Red against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And that game will be broadcast on stadium. Uh, what are our thoughts going into this game that FEU could have an edge over Western Kentucky? I want to see the – I know this is a big homecoming game for, for Coach Willie Taggart. I want to see him really come out to play for this one. I want to see a good game plan, a good scheme. And I, I just – I want like we got to see the receivers. I mean, we're beating a dead horse with this, but we got to see the receivers um, step up and hopefully um, everything goes well on that end. I mean, let's I, – I, I want to see them rebound. I want to see what this team is made of because they're – I mean, if they lose this, it's in free fall mode. I don't want to see that happen. But the huge game. They got to win. Got to get ball out eligible. Yeah, got to bounce back. And moving on from FU football, we have FU basketball as they completed their first week of regular season a play. and. Um, uh, well, starting off with the men's, they kicked off their season opener on the road in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as they lost 99-92 to the new to University of New Mexico. And, but they did bounce back in their home opener against Warner University with a 78-56 win. So with this one-in-one um, -one start to the season, uh, what are our takes so far? Uh, so uh, as far as the first game against New Mexico, but Michael Michael Forrest was particularly he stood out. I believe he had 26 points in that game. The, the problem was there was that we lost the lead in the fourth quarter. That's always tough to see. But I know the uh, the head coach mentioned that um, he liked how everyone was engaged, and that that's always a good thing to see when guys are engaged and not holding their head down. And yeah, that was a overall it was a back and forth game, but then to come out and just dominate Warner the way that we did and it was really a complete effort on both sides of the ball it was yeah it was good to see and then yeah it, just i like the complete effort yeah i mean Forrest has been playing really well to start off the season and not only is he leading the team in scoring but another stat which kind of surprised me is i mean he leads the team in rebounds yeah in total rebounds which yeah. i would expect either um Kapiti or uh, Vladislav Golden to lead so far. Granted, I mean, we're, we're two games in, so, you know, it's a very small sample size, but still um, he lead, he currently leads the team with 13 total rebounds. He's actually tied, excuse me, with Matumbo Baruti, but um, I'm so far, I've been impressed with this team. Um, obviously we have a huge game coming up um, later today, but I, I, I think that, this team definitely already has more depth. Um, and when Nick Boyd comes back from his injury, which should be, he, he told me at the game against Warner that he should be back in mid December. So um, hopefully by the time he comes back, you know, that's an extra little bit of depth that we're going to add to. I, I think a on paper, a very talented team and an experienced team too. Yeah. Um, so FAU has looked pretty good on offense, especially against New Mexico. Like they had a balanced offense that allowed them to get to 92 points. 
but the issue with them on that game was the defense. And, oh, well, credit to New Mexico. They had some very good players play very well, especially Jalen House, who dropped a 30-piece, which is very rare in, the co- in college basketball, which is not very often that you see that in college basketball. But, hey, that's a good game on his part and helped New Mexico win. And FEU had to bounce back on that with the win against Warner, which was a pretty good bounce back on, on the defensive side of the ball, like only allowing 56 points. So it's pretty clear that FEU uh, has a more overall balanced squad. It's just a matter of finding that consistency as the season goes on. And, yes, uh, men's, the men's basketball team has some very anticipated games especially at home as they have a, a nine-game homestand as they already got past the first game against Warner. As on today, on Tuesday, November 16th, they will take on the Miami Hurricanes at home at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And, yo, what, what are your thoughts going into this game that would be pretty big for FAU? I mean, this is the first time that we've hosted UM men's basketball in 19 years. Um, Obviously, you know, we are facing, I would say, the biggest school in South Florida. Uh, And with basketball, Miami usually is a very strong team, Uh, still coached by Jim Laraniega, who is one of the most underappreciated coaches in college basketball. Um, he develops talent really well. His teams are usually very, like, very cohesive. They play well together. Um, so I, I think this will be a huge game, not only just for FAU, like, for the season, but for the program, you know. Um, if if we get this win today, I think this will be Dusty May's biggest win of his career so far with FAU. So, um, and, and speaking to a couple of the players yesterday, they – they're they're excited. They they have a lot of confidence coming into this game. So hopefully it will hopefully it will result in a victory for FAU. So yeah, I think there's no doubt that this will be a big game and hopefully they can come out with a with a win. Like we are the underdogs coming into this game. They are the underdogs coming into the game. But yeah, best of luck to them. And they do have some up and coming players uh, from uh, for FAU starting the season, especially with um, my, with besides Forrest, you have Eliza Martin and uh, Brandon Weatherspoon on the come up. Brian Greenlee is returning from he's he's starting to get settled in, returning from injury, and hopefully FAU uh, stuns Miami at the right time. And um, after the Miami game, they will play uh, universe, uh, UT Martin on Friday, November 19th at 6 p.m. at home. And then after that, they play North Dakota on Saturday, November 20. And on Monday, November 22nd, they will take on Troy University. So got a pretty good home stand for FAU fans. And yeah, got to go out and cheer, cheer them on. And then... Uh, next from men's basketball, we have women's basketball, as they also started uh, their first week of regular season play, uh, played their first two games, and they took both of their home uh, victories, uh, taking down Palm Beach Atlantic 88-41 on November 10 on Wednesday, 
then keeping it up with a 85-65 victory over Bethune Cookman on Sunday, November 14. So it's a pretty good start for FE women's basketball, especially with their first-year head coach, Jennifer Sullivan. So, Esten, what are your takes on FE's uh, performance to start the season at 2-0? So one of my biggest concerns coming into the season was where was the offensive production going to come from? You know, obviously losing Iggy Allen, uh, the, the GOAT, I'd say, of women's basketball for FAU. I mean, that was a tough loss for us. So, um, And I wanted to see how Coach Sullivan would perform to start off her collegiate career as a head coach. I think she's done an excellent job. I think that, you know, granted, we've, ta- we've played two teams, which I feel that we should, we should have won, that we should have beat. Um, and they've taken care of that. They look balanced. They look strong. And even in the moments where, you know, it's they're up to the challenge. So um, coming up against UM also on Thursday, Thursday right? Yeah. yeah. So I think this will be a this this could be a huge tone setter, not only just for the season, but also for um, for Coach Sullivan. I mean. You know, you, you talk about getting a huge win, not only for your program, but for your career early on like this. Um, it could be huge. But again, going up against UM, I, I, I'm hoping we win, but I'm not expecting it. But I do, do expect us to be competitive. I, I do expect us to, you know, keep it, keep it close. Because UM's women's team is usually really, really really good so and and so far they're three and oh this season i mean they but in all of our games um well so far we've only played two but we've scored 88 and 85 in our two regular season games um their women's team in their three games so far the most they've scored is 72 so i'd say realistically we have a chance against them i think they realistically could do it but yeah Absolutely. I mean, the, the three-point shooting has been key on that side of the ball. I mean, 50%, shooting 50% from the field from three, that's just incredible. I mean, if we could even, like, if that regresses a little bit, and but to, like, 40% or something, and we could still be competitive, like you said, against Miami. But it is going to be tough. They're a tough school. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like what we've seen so far. And for, I like what I've seen so far in, out of the first two games. Yeah, I do like the balanced, uh, balanced scoring attack that the women's team has put in place as – Pretty much everybody has a chance to score many points. It's pretty much a, the the next one up, and uh, they're really stepping up to the plate and really uh, taking it to their opponents. And and yes, uh, they will take on Miami on the road in Coral Gables on Thursday, November eighteen at six p.m. And after that, they will take on the University of North Florida on Sunday, November twenty-one at nine thirty in the morning. So early morning game for basketball on that day. But, hey, if they can keep up their start to the season, there's no telling where they can go. Sky's the limit for them. And best of luck to them, against, especially against Miami on the road. And for our final section of uh, FEU sports, we have FEU men's soccer. They Last week, they played an entire conference, the entire Conference USA tournament as they beat Charlotte in the quarterfinals via penalty kicks, five to three. 
and they and at, as they advanced to semifinals, they took down Marshall, who was ranked fourth in the nation, and defending NCAA champions three one in normal time. And they were 30 minutes away from reaching their first ever NCAA tournament in the Conference USA title game against the University of Kentucky. They were up 1-0, but then Kentucky equalized with a penalty shot and got the game winner in extra time to, to win the title in favor of the Wildcats. So it was a memorable uh, tournament run for the Owls and Eston. Um, what a season it was for for the men's team. Like they they did not get selected uh, uh, in the in the selection for the for the tournament bracket, but it was still a, a season that really gained them a lot of respect, especially as the tournament went on and they really turned some people's heads. Yeah, I mean, I really like you said, Richard. I really. Imp- Impressive season. I think this has been our best season since was it 2007 when we lost me. Uh, yeah, so that was the last time we reached a title game of a conference tournament. So, and and I mean, you talk about changing the tra- the trajectory of this program. I mean, um, we've been looking good the last couple seasons, and this season I would say has been the biggest jump. Um, and you have a good balance of, you know, you have your older, more experienced players or seniors like Neil Strauber and Alonzo Camarero, who will unfortunately be departing, but the program's in great hands. Um, I don't think Mikulenko will be back, but Philippe Jock will be back. That'll be huge. You know, the, the, the towering tank um, that is Philippe Jock. Uh, David Romero in the midfield will hold it down, uh, controls the ball really well, and is able to progress it forward. Um, and even in the back, I mean, Vasily Spinos, along with guys like Chad Miotti, there's there's Graham a Pratt. lot of talent. Say again? Graham Pratt. True? Him, wait. Yeah. Was but, he not a senior this season? Nope. He's ju- he was a junior. Oh, wow. Okay. So even better. So there's still – a wealth of experience that this team has coming into going into next year. So um, a really exciting season, had a lot of fun watching them. And, you know, in the future, this could, for the next few years, this could definitely be a team that will compete for conference, conference titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this season was a very, a, a great experience for FU soccer fans as the first half of the season was easily their best start in years like a six one-in-one start at the, in the first half of the season. And while they couldn't maintain that type of start, especially in the second half, once conference play really set in, especially against the big team, the better teams in Conference USA, FAU still managed to qualify for the tournament and really uh, got a lot of respect in the tournament, uh, especially after beating Charlotte and Marshall, defending champions no less. So uh, with the senior class, maybe departing or maybe staying for another year with an extra year of eligibility. Who knows? But next season is going to be a very interesting one to see how they can build off of this season. And the the outlook for them is pretty good. 
And uh, that will finish off our topic of FU sports. And we'll talk about the national level. Um, and starting with the NFL, they finished uh, week 10 of regular season play. And so, guys, uh, what games have you, have, you, have you watched that really got you uh, hyped? And I know Estin was happy with the Dolphins beating the Ravens. That's a pretty big win for you. <laughs> that was – it was worth getting back to my apartment at 2 a.m. for – that was that was a fun game. Yeah. Atmosphere was great. Um, it was really nice to, uh, you know, wave goodbye to all the Ravens fans who hopefully didn't pay too much money to watch Lamar Jackson um, have no one to throw the ball to. And, um, yeah, I'm amazed. I guess Tua should play more with a fractured middle finger too. But also we'll say the Ravens are decimated all around. Like they, they're missing a lot of players in their secondary. Obviously they lost all their three starting running backs in the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, we beat a team that's six and two. Well, that's now six and three. So, you know what? I'll take it. Oh, it man, yeah. Yeah, no, that was um, – yeah. That was an interesting game. I mean, it started off slow, but then once the Dolphins got rolling, boy, did they get rolling. Um, but yeah, a game that got me hyped was uh, seeing Cam Newton back. Super Cam is back. Panthers blew out the Cardinals. Cardinals, they're ravaged by injuries, but that's not really the story. Cam Newton's back better than ever. But I want to ask you, Rich, your Patriots, are they the best team now in the AFC after they just blew out the Browns? That I don't know because they're still Buffalo. They're still on a good start. They pretty much, uh, of course, the Patriots are tied with them for first in the division, but the edge probably still goes to the Bills. But yeah, you have to play them twice still, right? Um, I believe uh, so. I don't know about the schedule, but uh, if we do beat the Bills at least once, we uh, the Patriots do have a chance of topping the division. So. But yeah, I didn't like the win over the Bre- over the Browns, forty-five-seven. As much as it disappoints me, because I do want to see Cleveland in the playoffs. Um, but hey, it, it's the Patriots. Gotta, gotta gotta be happy with the win. And the Dolphins starting to recover a bit with two straight wins. Well, for you, Kevin, the Giants uh, had a chill week as they didn't play any games. Uh, a bye week. <laughs> Yeah, I can't break my heart on a bye week, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, a bye week is your best friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We got the Buccaneers this week, baby. Let's go. Going oh. down to Tampa. You know, we're going to have an angry Tom Brady that just lost to the Washington team. So, yeah, that's fun. Can't wait for that one. Oh, uh, that, would be, that would be an interesting game. But, yeah, um, didn't really watch much of NFL stuff. But I, I know about the scores and seeing Tom Brady lose to the team that has no mascot name because it's the football team. <laughs> that, that, that is always funny. And for our last topic today is NBA. Um, mm-hmm. Third week, third, fourth week has passed. And um, still the Warriors are still looking good as the best team in the Western Conference and in the league. Um, my Celtics are starting to recover as they're back to a 50-50 record. The Knicks and Bulls still doing fine. The Heat are still doing good. And the Lakers are still suffering losses. 
despite being in the playoff picture still. So <laughs> uh, what games from the NBA has really got us? I mean, yesterday the, the Bulls beating the Lakers 121 yep. to 103. Um, I, I think, and again, it's still early. There's still a lot of things that can change, you know, and assuming they stay healthy. But the Bulls are actually a really good team. I mean, they have been taking care of business. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Warriors. Um, this team is good. I mean, I mean, DeMar DeRozan dropped 38 last night. Lonzo Ball looks really good. Got 27 points and eight assists, seven rebounds. Um, I mean, even guys like – I didn't even realize Derek Jones Jr. is with the Bulls. This team has depth, not to mention somehow. So, it's, it, I, it, it's exciting to see even more parity this season. I mean, there are so many good teams. It is so tough to make a call, but it's exciting. Another, this has been a really exciting season. And you are right about that parody, Estin. Like, we literally have teams in the East that we did not expect to be at the top or in the playoff picture at all. Like, the Washington Wizards and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. That's a surprise. Oh, yeah. um, especially Washington. They are top of the East right now. With the balanced squad of Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez, Harrell, Contavious, Caldwell, Pope. Uh, it's been very interesting to see how Washington was able to get on the start and not look back. They are on a five-game winning streak. So very impressive start from their, from their end. And then you look at Cleveland. Um, Wicon Sexton and Darius Garland and a rookie in Evan Mobley who has played very well for them. Is Sexton back? I think they're doing. I thought he was injured. I think they're doing it without him. He's injured for the moment. Like he he's out at the moment. But when healthy, the Cavs are actually a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, Darius Garland, uh, Shetty Osman, and as I said, Evan Mobley. Those those three has been really doing well for them. And not to mention Ricky Rubio. Yep. I don't know yeah. how he's doing it. Like, I know. I know. How is he doing so good to the point that players have to like, oh, we got to defend him now. He's dropping threes on us. <laughs> like he I don't know. Plus points on the Celtics as I watched the fourth quarter of that of that game, and I don't know how Rubio's doing it off the bench as a, as a pretty much a six man. Let's be honest, but uh, he's obviously one of the reasons why the Cavs have stayed uh, in the playoff picture so far, which is impressive. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think on the West, in the Western Conference, yeah, you have the Warriors who are doing well. But how about the Phoenix Suns? They've won nine games in a row after dropping. I think they dropped their first three, and then they've won nine in a row. They're atop the Western Conference. They're right where we thought they'd belong. Brooklyn has got it going on the Eastern side. Like, it's just things are starting to settle. The, 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 the conferences are starting to take shape. They're starting to look at – things are starting to look normal compared to where we expected them to be going into the season. You know, like early on, Brooklyn wasn't looking good. Phoenix wasn't looking good. But yeah, really, the Lakers are the only team that are trailing behind. But how about the Clippers, though? What do you guys think about that? The Clippers, too, they're going in. They don't have Kawhi Leonard in. They're still winning games. Well, even without Kawhi, the, the Clippers are still relatively a good team. But they still got Paul George. They got Reggie Jackson. They got Terrence Mann. 
Like they still got great players on the team. It's just uh, without Kawhi, it's not as easy as being in the top three as it would be with him. So it makes sense to see where the Clippers are at now at the sixth spot, adjust over the Lakers by one. But yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, Brooklyn and Golden State will play against each other. So pretty big game for us tonight, uh, right? From, yes, on TNT. So TNT game, you already know what what, <laughs> what it is. And um, yeah, that would be a very good big game from Golden State and Brooklyn, like to see who's the best team, like on paper in the league with this game. So yeah, we'll see how it goes down from there. And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. And also be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira. For Eston, it's at Eston Parker. And for Kevin, at KevinGar658. Thanks for watching. Have a great day, everybody.